Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. I remember when I started ministry here at York Street uh, in the senior uh, pastor role, I had been here for about seven or eight months, and I gave a message on giving. And I remember after the service, someone bailed me up after the service and said, all you guys ever do about here is talk about money. And it sort of really convicted me because any time I, I prepare a message, firstly I sit with God and say, God, what, what do you want for your church? What message do you want? I sit with scripture and, and it tends to be if scripture and prayer align, that's God. If there's a disalignment, usually it's because I want to preach about something and I don't do that. It's got to be what God wants. And, and I, I followed that process when it came to, to that message and it really sort of convicted me. And so I, I went back and I revised my notes and read the scriptures again and, and prayed about it and, and did some maths and realized, well, I'd preached 32 messages at that point. Of those 32 messages, any time we preach here at York Street, generally we would preach three times. So we're sitting on 90-something messages preached and and of that only three or the the one message that was prepared was on giving it worked out at about 3.1 percent of our messages were on giving so hey that doesn't that doesn't align up with that statistic and we'll talk about that person in just a moment I'm not singling anyone out but I want to talk about what money can do to our our heart if we were to look at scripture and actually look at the statistics about what Jesus spoke, we're sitting at this point on 3.1%. Then COVID hit, and as you may be aware, that there's, um, there's been a global sound effect that they've put um, to represent that season of COVID. That sound effect is... That's the global sound effect for COVID, so you can file that one away. During COVID, I, I personally, this is Tim, this is not anything other than me speaking, uh, I struggled so deeply personally to, to preach on giving into a camera. Maybe I watched too many televangelists while growing, growing up and, you know, dial 555, 555 for salvation. It's like, no, no, I, I can't. I, oh, and I really struggled with that. So throughout the first year of COVID, we didn't preach on giving. At this point, we're on about 0.83% of our messages are on giving. If it'll look at Jesus, Jesus' example, he spoke uh, 15% of every message he spoke, 15% of his messages were to do with money and giving. 15% of, the, um, of Jesus' uh, parables, there's 39 parables that Jesus preached on. Of those 39 parables, 11 of them are on giving. That's over 25%. So a quarter of Jesus' parables are on money and giving. 15% of all of his messages are on money and giving. And for us, well, we were sitting on 0.8%. We're off whack. So today we are going to have a conversation about money and giving. It's an awkward conversation, but it's one that if Jesus did, we need to follow his example and preach on it. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, 
I pray that you would help our hearts to be open to your word. Lord, I pray that finances would not be a blockage to you doing a work in our life and us showing that work to others. God, prepare us to hear what scripture has to say and what your spirit wants to do in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Today we are going to talk about what, Bible, what the Bible has to say about money and giving. And the second thing we're going to talk about is what does that mean for us today? What does the Bible have to say about money and giving and what does that mean for us today? You see, in Matthew chapter 6 it says, you see, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this individual that bailed me up in the, in the foyer after that message was God was doing a work in his heart. There was something happening in his spirit when it came to this message of money and giving. And, and I want you to know, for each and every one of us, that that can be the case. I only preached just a couple of weeks ago on, on emotions and saying emotions are valid but not permanent. Emotions are, are real. Emotions are, are good. God gave us emotions. But sometimes emotions can be misplaced and sometimes we need to work through the emotion. Now, emotions are good. They're okay. And so if you've got an emotion now, that's awesome. But I'll also say we haven't even started preaching yet. So why are you feeling an emotion? Especially if it's a negative one. It's a, if it's a, an emotion of, of maybe defensiveness or money, maybe of anger, how dare they preach on money? Maybe fear, <gasps> what's he going to say? If you're feeling one of those emotions, well, let's, let's look at God's view on this. Is God afraid of money? Is God defensive? Is God fearful? Well, no. So don't, like, embrace the emotion. That's your emotion, you're feeling it, that's okay. We acknowledge that. But allow God to work through that because he may have something for you today. Because money for so many of us has like this picture says, you know, there's anxiety, there's stress, there could be hardship, there can be pressure that's associated with just the word money. For others, it may mean stability or control, comfort, generosity. There's all sorts of money when we start talking about it can be a big thing, a pressure thing, something that we hold close to our heart. And so my prayer for us today as a church is that, that we would be open to God speaking to us. It's as if God wants to have a conversation with us today. It's like he, he's, he's calling. He says, hey, are you free for a chat? Can I say, I'm really proud of this picture. It took me half the week to make that. That's a really cool one. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> if you wonder what pastors do during the week, they make God send them text messages. <laughs> So what does the Bible have to say about money and giving? Well, before we, we sort of get into the passage, a little bit of understanding sort of goes a long way when it comes to this topic. You see, the first five books of the Bible uh, are known as the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is this, this chapter of, or this season in Scripture where Moses wrote it down, all of the instructions from God. It has Genesis, it has different books through it, and, and this these first five books are known as the books of the law. So anytime you're reading the New Testament and they reference, oh, the books of the law, that's those first five books. Now, of those first five books, there is one book that is the book of the, the law, which is known as Leviticus, the, look, the book of the law. Now, the Levites were the, the pastors. They were the ministers, the priests at the time. And their job was to, to look after the temple, 
to make sure that this special part in the temple, the Holy of Holies, was, was kept you know, a certain way, that they had to perform certain tasks in and through and around the, the temple. And so because of that, God wanted to look after the, the priestly tribe of the 12 tribes, the, the Levites, but, but also he wanted to give people some framework um, to order, in order to protect them, but in order to, to instruct them on how they can make sure that this society, God's society, Israel, would function in the Old Testament. And so we, we start in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, where God's instruction is this, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or soil or fruit from the tree belongs to the Lord. It is wholly set apart to the Lord. Now, the word tithe literally means ten. So the word ten and tithe are interchangeable. So God is saying this is a law, this is an instruction to, to the, in the Old Testament to the Israelites, a tenth of everything is set apart to God. So 10% is God's. It's holy. It's set apart. It's non-negotiable. 10% is God's. But with that, often we see, the, we see it as a rule and we don't see the heart. And God's all about heart. You see, what would take place, and we've sort of lost this in our, our culture a little bit, is that there's a tone when it comes to giving. And in Second Chronicles 31 verse 5, we said, As soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously, generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, olive oil, and honey, and all of the field's produce. They brought it in great amount, in great amount, a tithe of everything. So there's something happening here. We see a tone of gratefulness and of thankfulness and of celebration. And so they bring not just, not just 10%, but the first fruit, the very best of everything. Before the bugs got to the apples, they get the good apples. And they bring it all in and they celebrate and they're happy. And, and there's a tithe in great amount of everything they brought. And it's a good thing. So we start to see that they're not seeing it as a sacrifice of this isn't something that, that hurts. This is something that they want to do. Now, now throughout Scripture, we see that, that this idea of giving actually goes way back to Genesis. So I just want to touch on all of the, the Old Testament stuff so we get the difference between laws and, and heart. The first, tithe, the, the first time we see a tithe as a commandment is Leviticus and then again in Numbers. But we actually see Abraham in Genesis um, chapter 14. Abraham's the the father of the Israelites, he gave, he gave a, a tithe just once to God in Genesis 14, 20, and Jacob pledged a tithe of all that he had in Genesis 28, 22. So we see that there's, and their, their tithe is, is of a place of gratitude. But this is where things change a little bit because God actually commands his people to come together to tithe. Now remember, these, these are seasonal this is a seasonal thing, and so it's sort of a time of harvest, a time of when, you know, we're sort of in that sort of coming into that season now where, where everything's starting to bud and blossom, and it's beautiful when you, you drive around, unless you have hay fever and allergies, then this isn't a fun time. But if, you, if you're not full of hay fever, it's a beautiful time. You look out, and there's, everything's blossoming, there's trees budding, and it's a, it's a beautiful time to be alive, and especially when the weather's nice, it's amazing. And what they would do is God would set a place, because so, they remember they're pitching tents and moving around at this, this point in time. 
He would set a place and they would go there. And there was this festival of the tithe found in Deuteronomy 14 where they would come together and they would celebrate. And they would give 10% to, to the work of God. But the instruction in Deuteronomy actually says that they're also to eat the tithe of your grains and your wine and olive oil. It's like, hang on, I thought you gave it to the church. I thought you give it to the church. It says you get to eat it? What? See, God's saying, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate who God is. God made everything grow. He made things of the trees grow. He made the animals grow. He's, all the sheep are lambing. All these beautiful things are happening. There's fruit in the trees. There's crops that are growing. This is great. Come together and celebrate God's goodness. Celebrate the gift of this season where things are going and growing and doing amazing things. Come together and worship God. And a part of that worship is have some of the tithe. Let's celebrate. Let's, par- let's, let's have a party. It's kind of this commandment to party that God has, which is called this festival of the tithe. And then on top of that, every three years, they were told to tithe another tenth to the poor and the widowed and the orphan and the injured. Now, by now, you may be thinking it, hang on, does that mean there's more than 10%? What? This is, I want to say, firstly, remember this is all about hearts, not about numbers. If the numbers are important, yes, it is more. God's telling you to give certain numbers. There's a 10% every three years to those that are doing it tough. But there's also 10% to God's work. But it's worth actually realising that there's a definition that we've got to understand that tithes and offerings are actually different things. You see, the tithes of the Old Testaments were actually commands. They were rules. Tithes were non-negotiable. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk about how they were actually set as a safety boundary from God to his people rather than an obligation. Tithes and offerings are different. Tithes are to be used for the ongoing work of God's people. Tithes are to be used for the ongoing work of God's people. And the primary place for that has always been God's church in whatever format that looks like. Offerings are given as a thanksgiving for the forgiveness of sins. Offerings are given as a thanksgiving for the forgiveness of sins. Throughout the Old Testament, we see Exodus and Leviticus, we see there's sin offerings where God has forgiven his people and there's a sacrifice and then they offer something to say, we are so thankful, God. We are thankful that you've forgiven me for the wrong things I've done, for the way I've damaged the relationship with others, the relationship with you. I am so thankful. Have this offering to see my heart. Have this offering. Now, this isn't a law. This is something that people wanted to do to show God that they were thankful. There were other offerings known as the the offering of the goodness of God, where they would say, God, you are so good. Take this offering. Take this. Take this to show, see my heart, see the representation. I'm so thankful that you are a good God. I'm so thankful that you are a loving God. And it goes through. And what I love about Scripture is God doesn't say, unless you own a, a certain calf, you can't say thanks. God's, God's a loving God. He just wants your heart. He goes, well, well, there's burnt offerings. There's cereal offerings. A bit of Nutri-Grain. What, you know, there's, there's, like, there's drink offerings. God's like, I want to be accept, accessible. Show me what your heart is. If you don't have a, a lamb or a goat, go and catch a bird. If you're not able to catch a bird, get some, get some grain. If you don't have some grain, get some oil. What you've got, like, show me the priority of your heart. But just if you can't afford something, that doesn't mean you're not accessible to God. God was accessible to us. And he made that really clear in his laws. 
Show that you're thankful to God through what you have. Now, you see that the tone of this is a people that loved God. You see, and if your tone is a place of of love of God and, and appreciation from that, these actually don't become hard at all. If you're in this space of like, God, you're amazing, God, you are the creator, we thank you for everything that you have done. God, I see all these things growing, and yes, I put the seed in the ground, but you made it grow, and you've done all this stuff, and now we've got this harvest, and we thank you for the, the fruit of the trees and the animals, and we thank you, and God, you made it all happen anyway, so I want to give it back to you. Thank you so much. Here's, here's, play, take my tithe. Take my tithe. I want to give it to the temple, because I can go to the temple and be forgiven for the wrong things that I've done. I'm so thankful for that. Here's an offering. Here's someone sick. I see the way that you see them. My heart breaks. I want to give to the sick. I want to give to the poor. I want to give to your work. I want to give. I want to give. I want to give. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And God goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Just 10%. Just 10%. Don't give too much. It's okay. You see, God's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, you're going to be in the desert for a bit. You're going to mess up and you're going to be wandering around. So just hold your horses. Just give 10%. See, God's actually a loving God. It says, I'm going to put a bit of a limit for, for these guys because they're they're struggling. You know, there's stuff coming up. God actually says, yeah, there's 10% here and there's 10% here and there's 10%. There's sort of three lots of 10% throughout Scripture. But God's trying to protect his people in the Old Testament. Now, what starts to happen is they lose their way a little bit and they start focusing on the numbers rather than the heart. Now, this is Old Testament. This is the Israelites. Now, unless you're a Jew, this is an us. So what does the New Testament have to say? Because you may have heard someone say, but Jesus never told us to tithe in the New Testament. If you've thought that, if you've been told that, then you're 100% absolutely correct. Absolutely. Jesus never told us to tithe. Jesus talks about tithing, but the tone is to redirect the Pharisees back to the heart of, of God's commandments. God's rules for his people. See, if if we were to look at Matthew chapter 33, verse 33, we see this. Jesus is telling off the Pharisees, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spice, your mint, your dill, and your cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the later without neglecting the former. You've forgotten the heart. You're following the rules, and you're doing the math, but you, you're not all in for me. But your heart's not in the place where it should be. You're not caring the way... You're doing an action, but you're not caring. You're not caring the way I've called you to care. You see, in the New Testament, God himself actually sets a new standard for us. He sets a way of us dealing with money and giving that sets this, this standard that echoes throughout both the New Testament and through to this day. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved that he gave. God loved, so he gave. What's the, what's the purpose for generosity? What, what do you give? You give what you love. You give to what you love. And what did God give? Everything. 
in the form of his son. He gave everything. Now, cast your minds back. For some of you, it's not, you don't have to go back too far. Others, you might have to go back a long way. Others, you're like, I haven't got there yet. It's coming. But cast your mind back to when you started dating. When you found that person and you're trying to impress and you're thinking about going on that date. Now, when you're going on that date, you go, okay, we're going to go out for a great night. I've got (laughs) $4.53. Let's see what we can go. Go your halves and a happy meal. Don't know if you can get that for now. <laughs> you know? That's not how it works. You know, when, you, when you fall in love with someone, you're like, you, you go all out. You, you, you spend whatever you got. You go out and you go out for dinner and you go out for the movies. Because you, you care about that person. You're probably trying to impress that person if you're still dating. And, and yet, you, you don't hold back. You're, you're really generous with your finances. I remember there were times when Yvette and I were... Well, Yvette and I were dating when we'd go out for something and I'd come home and I'd get to the, the pantry cupboard and I'd be like, oh God, please may there be some food. <laughs> you open it up, two minute noodles, Whew, we're going to eat for the week, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> this is the best. And they were like the brand name two minute noodles, like oh. <laughs> living the dream. Yeah? <laughs> because you'd spend, spend all your money on the person that you loved. You see, love doesn't hold back. Now, I'm not saying you've got to be reckless with your finances, but I'm saying if you love, you give. For God so loved that he gave. If you love, you give. And it's not a burden, it's a joy. It's fun. It's something that you want to do. You see, sometimes we, we sort of get a bit complicated. We get a bit confused with this and we try and control our finances. And 1 Timothy 6.17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides for us everything for our enjoyment. 1 Corinthians 10, 26 says, and the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. For those that are, that are old enough to think back to 2008 when the, the global financial crisis hit, and those people that had you know, huge amounts of money in, in shares and just lost it all putting their, their hope in money and through no act of their own, no, no, nothing they've done bad themselves, but just the state of the world just was gone. And God says, don't put your hope in money. Don't put, put all of your, 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 your heart and your energy and your focus in finances. Put your, put your heart and your energy and your focus in me because I made everything. God doesn't need your money. He made it. He made the material that our money's made from. And so you might be sitting there going, well, Tim, what, what do I do then? What, what's the, what should I give? What, what, are you, what's, what are you asking? What's the church asking? What's the Bible asking of me when it comes to my money and my giving? Well, we've got to stay true to Scripture. And 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Shouldn't give because it's the law. Shouldn't give because it's like, oh, there's pressure. Give because God loves you. Give because God means something to you. You see, if God is the God of your finances, the question shouldn't be um, how much is required. The question should be how much can I give? How much can I give? I want to show God that he's God of my finances. I want to show God that he's, he's God of everything. I want to give. I want to give. I want to be generous. 
God so loved that he gave. And we love, so we give. What do you give? That's between you and God. This year, I um, had some time off work. And the elders of the church were incredibly generous. And they, they looked after us. Um, did, it, did an incredible job of caring for us during that time. But there became a time where you know, the, the income, the, the wage ended... And we had some savings. And so we started living off our savings. Y- Yvette was working. Um, but you know, who, who had the, the absolute joy and privilege of getting a gas bill this year? <laughs> yeah? um, God loves a joyful giver. I wasn't all that joyful when I saw the, the figures on that gas bill this year. <laughs> but there was, there was this moment where I'm watching our savings account and we're paying the bills because you know, the bill came in. We used the gas. I use the electricity, we use the phone, so we've got to pay the bill. But I'm, I'm seeing this savings account go down and down and the bills just kept coming in and the bills seem to be going up and up this year. And there was a moment where the finances ran out. And I remember in that point, it was actually quite easy to say, God, you are the God of my finances, all $33.27. It's all yours. Take it all, God. And then a bill came in, oh, hundreds of dollars. I remember looking at that bill going, I don't have the money. God, I do not have the money for this bill. I do not have the finances for it. I do not have the capacity to go back to work yet, God. You haven't given me the okay. You haven't said, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, I need you now. Then all of a sudden, somebody that, that owed us some money said, hey, I've, I've got some money for you, here you go. And I'm like, that money's enough to cover that bill. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, that was so good, until the next bill came in. Like, God, what do I do? And someone else came and said, hey, you lent me money ages ago. I'm like, did I? I forgot, I don't know. I don't really keep that good of account. Anthony would have done a different message to this because Anthony's like really good with his finances. I'm not good, but I've got cool stuff. <laughs> but it, you give money to someone and they go, oh, I want to pay it back. And I go, Usually I'd be like, no, 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 that's not how I give. You know, you just take it, all good. But I've got a bill. Oh, I want to pay you back. I'm like, okay, next bill's paid. Every bill this year has been paid on time to God's glory. Money just started coming in and God was like this incredible space. Now, I want to say as a man and for pretty much the entirety of my adult life, um, minus a small season, I was the major provider for our family when it comes to finances. And to be in a place where I cannot do that as a bloke is just the absolute worst, heart-aching, like... I didn't want to ask for help because I was too proud and my pride was in the way and it was a terrible place as a bloke not to have money to be able to do those bills. Horrific. But as a Christian, it was phenomenal. God kept showing up. To God be the glory. It was awesome. And there was this terrible wrestle of like, man, God, you're good. Man, I wish I could do it myself. But I can't, God, you're good. Please, can I just have some confidence in the next bill? This journey's not fun and easy. Oh, now I'm back working. We've got money. We don't need any more. I don't want to, that's not the point of this message. Because we have money and we can pay our bills. We're all good. But I want to preach to myself in this message to say, 
I think this is what God is saying. There's times when we are more dependent on him that he gets the opportunity to show up. But we actually live in a world where we try and control it all ourselves. Now, I'm saying that from a place where I pay the bills when they come in because I've got the money and I hate not being able to pay the bills. Like, that's a terrible place to be. But it's an awesome place when you're dependent on God and God shows up through the most miraculous ways time and time again. Is God the God of your finances? Are you giving generously to his work? Are you giving offerings of thanksgiveness? Are you furthering the mission? Now, there's different ways that you can give. You can give, you know, primarily, scripturally says, you, know, you give to the church. Now, you give with a cheerful heart. You don't go, well, you know, if you play a few more hymns, I might give a bit more. You know? that's, not, that's not the heart that you give to the church. You give to God's work. For others, it might be, you know what, I, I'm just so passionate about this missional work. We just heard that there's, there's places overseas where there's people groups that have never heard the Bible in their own language. Yet I get to stand up here, I've got every translation I'd ever want on here, I've got this, this Bible, this is my preaching Bible. This is not my study Bible, my study Bible's too heavy to carry around. But I have it in my office. I've got multiple, we've got heaps. Some people don't even have one. And there's these groups that, like, that we've just heard overseas translating Bibles into their work. You can support them. You can support missionaries. You can support sponsor kids. There's so many ways that you can give to God's work. But my challenge to us as a church today is this, to spend some time this week examining your heart and doing some deals with God about what you can give. Yvette and I have had a conversation this year about what we've given, and we realised, hey, we can give more. It was actually exciting. I'm not going to say what we gave to or anything else, but actually it was, it's actually a good space to go, oh, we can give to this. Joyfully, excited. Can we afford it? That's not the conversation. We just do it, and we never really feel without. I want you guys to experience whatever God has for you in that space, to release control of your finances and give between what you and God think is right. But in doing so, be open to God's blessing and generosity with a cheerful heart to be able to see what God has in store for you and your finances. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that this is an awkward conversation. Lord, we know that this is a deeply personal conversation but God we know that you gave everything for us and so God we ask that you would do a work in us so that each and every one of us would know what you want us to give in return to show what you mean to us Lord for some of us that may be the start of tithing and offering because we've been holding on to our finances so quickly for others, it may be a realisation that we've actually been tithing and offering for a really long time as we've been giving to that group or that person or that organisation to further your work because it's something that you have weighed so deeply on our heart. God, for others, it may be a reminder that, hey, we haven't looked at our finances for a long time and we want to do it but not with a filter of the budget but a filter of God's love and mercy. And in doing so, just be so much more appreciative 
of what God has given us. God, we ask that you would be the God of our finances and that we would steward them in a way that honours you and furthers your kingdom and deepens our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.